Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and this week kicks off a four-week podcast series where we're going to be focusing specifically on defeating a violent home invasion. And to start things off, in episode one, I'm going to show you how to take a completely different look at your home than you've probably ever done in the past. And I have a whole lot of tips that you can put to use right away to be even more secure in your castle. Let's talk tactics. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, okay, welcome back everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And this month, we're going to be talking about home invasion defense. Now, let's first talk about the reality of home invasion and whether or not it's even something you would even expect to have to deal with in your home. Now, according to the FBI and Department of Justice, 3.7 million homes are broken into each year. Now, that covers burglaries and home invasions. But of that 3.7 million, 1 million of them happen with the residents at home. Now, of these, 27% of the time, the residents that were home became victims of the home invaders. In other words, there was some sort of injury or trauma that happened to the residents of the home during the home invasion. Now, if my math is correct, which sometimes it isn't, but a calculator helped me figure this out. That's 270,000 victims each year from home invasions. Now, let's compare that to another number here. Because there are 374,000 house fires each year. And of those 374,000 house fires, there are 15,575 injuries and deaths from those fires. These are, these are figures, I think they were from 2015. So 15,575 injuries and deaths versus 270,000 victims each year from home invasions. Now, what that means is that you're nearly three times more likely to experience a home invasion and 17 times more likely than a fire to become a victim of that crime. Now, what that means is that people in general are far more prepared for a house fire than they are for a violent home invasion, even though you're far more likely to experience a home invasion and become a victim in your home than you are, than you are to see your house actually catch on fire. But when you think about it, how often do people really prepare for home invasion versus how many people have fire extinguishers and fire alarms and, and smoke detectors and all those things in their home? We recognize that we always have a threat of a fire, but we're actually three times more likely to experience a home invasion, yet people really don't prepare the right way for it. And no, buying a gun does not mean that you're prepared for a home invasion. As you know, the gear is not as valuable as the tactics that go into using that gear. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Well, we're going to fix that this week and next week because you have to be able to understand how to prepare things. And I want to give you some real practical tools that allow you to do that. Now, this week we're going to be going to help, uh, go ahead and we're going to be showing you how to prevent 
a home invasion. And then later on, we're going to be talking about defending yourself and your family against when you should be targeted. So this week, we're going to be taking a peek at your personal residence, even if you live in an apartment or something like that. And I'm going to show you with some very simple techniques here that you can harden your castle. You can really make it an impenetrable fortress, but we're going to give you the tactics just in case something happens there. So let's go ahead and get to the tactics now. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to break your residence up into five different zones. And I'm going to give you strategies for each one of those zones. I'm going to try and go through these kind of quickly. We don't have to worry about taking notes. There's going to be show notes for this. You're going to be able to get the download of the audio. You can listen to it over and over again. All right. Now, when I was in executive protection, normally when we were doing a security assessment, we always started from the epicenter. Like we always created like a central point. That was our fallback point. And we branched out from there in zones beyond that one epicenter right there. Okay. But from a soldier st standpoint, we kind of did things the opposite. So we would normally, like if we went into, if we were in a, an area, the first thing we did was we established a perimeter. And then while that's protected, that's when we fortify personal positions and put up obstacles and things like that. But the very first thing is to go ahead and put out a perimeter. And this follows along with another common term that we use, which is detect, delay, and defend. So if you can detect a threat, the sooner you can detect a threat, the better off you're going to be, the, the faster you can defend against something rather than it being a shock to you. And now you have to scramble to try and identify the threat and react to it, right? So we're going to follow that that path right here with these five zones, and we're going to start with the perimeter. Okay, so let's look at the outside perimeter of your home right now. Now, this is important because your goal is not to have to engage an attacker in your home or even go outside, right? Call 911, let the police come, let them do their job. You do not want to get into a gunfight out on your front lawn or even inside of your home. Your whole goal is just to survive and protect your family. If you can do that without ever pulling the trigger, all the better, right? This isn't your opportunity to check out, you know, to try out those great tactics you've been doing at the range or try out some new trick you've learned in a book or something like that, okay? Your goal is just to call the police, let them do their job. But let's say that while they're coming, uh, we, we definitely want to be able to detect the threat and delay a threat. So the outside perimeter, it all starts with knowledge, okay? And I'm talking about the far perimeter, meaning like your neighborhood, your city, your surroundings. Do you know the types of crimes that are happening in your area? Do you know how the criminals are performing those crimes out there? Do you have any connections with the police force? Have you ever brought them into your neighborhood association or to your apartment building or whatever? And have just, I mean, trust me, those police officers, their, their community outreach officer is looking for opportunities to come out there and meet the public. The police these days really are trying to integrate more with their, with their, uh, with their neighborhoods. And, you know, this is an opportunity for you to find out from them what kinds of things are happening. Are there break-ins in our area? A lot of people think that they live in a safe area when you might find out that just a couple blocks over, maybe there have been a string of break-ins and you weren't, you're only a couple blocks away. So make friends with the local police, have them come out or just connect with them and ask them the questions yourself. Um, that's, that's one thing. Knowledge really is power. But let's talk about the actual perimeter of your home right now. So again, the further out that you can push that detection screen, basically, the better off you are. One of the ways to do that is with a perimeter alarm. Now, I live out in the middle of the country. I don't have like a lot of houses around me that can, you know, spot somebody trying to get into my home or something like that. I'm relatively 
secluded from the rest of the people around me. So that means that I don't have the benefit of being in a busier area that criminals might look at and say, well, this, there's too much chance of, 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 you know, being noticed here. And so we're going to, we're going to move on to someplace else. So a perimeter alarm, especially since I have land and things like that, it can give you a 360 degree essentially like a perimeter line that will go off and will notify you if there is actually somebody that comes down to your property. And you got to be kind of careful on how you set this up. I mean, I have like lots of deer around me and things like that. So it gets to be kind of a pain in the ass with with some of the different alarms out there. The one that I like the most is GuardLine. You can get this on Amazon. It's a it's a it's one that you can actually set up a perimeter with, and I really like that one. But putting out a perimeter alarm is a, is a very helpful thing to do. Now, this might just be at the end of your driveway, just so you know when somebody is coming into your driveway, gives you a notice, and, and, and lets you know that somebody's on the property. Okay. Another thing you want to look at are motion lights. Now, motion lights are good because they, they basically put any sort of a criminal or anybody creeping onto your, your property they give them that kind of like deer in the headlight stare. And they don't know sometimes whether it's somebody flicking on a switch so they've just been noticed or whether it's truly like a motion alarm or whether, it, you know, and, and they should just keep going on. But either way, even if it's a motion alarm, they realize that the light is on. You could look out the window at any one point and see that the light's on and then be warned about them coming. And that takes away their element of surprise. So even that can still warn people off or get them off your property because they realize that you're more aware than somebody else might be. All right. So motion lights. Uh, the other thing is to put up a an alarm sign. Now, I believe in alarms. Our alarms are, are very, very important. I think everybody should have them. But when you put an alarm sign out, you don't want to put out the alarm sign from the company that installed your alarm. All you want is just a sign that says this property protected by an alarm. You can get those again on Amazon. They don't have a company name on it. And the reason for that is, is because if you do have a really smart burglar or a home invader or something like that, and they know what kind of system it is, there might be ways that they've determined that they can bypass that system to be able to stop the alarm from happening if they know what the company is. So, so just get a general alarm company sign rather than your actual alarm company. Now, the other thing is with that alarm, you want to make sure that it is uh, monitored as well. It's not just a, a sound off alarm. If you can get monitoring, I recommend that you do that because you never know when you can't get to the alarm and you're going to want somebody to be able to, to monitor that, especially if you live out in the country like I do. Somebody might not even hear that alarm. Okay. And the other thing you can do on the outside perimeter is put up a beware of dog sign. I've talked about this before. It's a really, um, <laughs> you know, the one thing that, that burglars or home invaders hate even more than or not even more than, but other than a, a an armed homeowner is a dog. Okay, <laughs> so so definitely put up a, even if you don't have a dog, just get a beware of dog sign, put it up on your perimeter somewhere maybe like near where they come in the driveway, or you know you can do it on your on your front step. But as far as I'm concerned, if I can stop people further out on my property, the better off I'm going to be, right? Okay, so those are some tips just for the outside perimeter. Now what we're going to do is we're going to work our way in toward the exterior of your home. Okay, the exterior of your home. So the one thing you want to do is take a look at your house from the outside, especially if you have neighbors. Go to where they might be. So like go to where your neighbor's house is, stand out in the road, and look at your house from the street, from your neighbor's side of the street, maybe even from your neighbor's property, or 
if you are if you're that close with your neighbors, go on the side of your house where they might have windows where they could look out and visually see your home. And what do you see? Look at your home not as you the homeowner or as you the gardener, <laughs> but look at your home from the standpoint of a criminal. In other words, are there shrubs that are in front of the window but they are hiding where somebody could get behind there and they could go ahead and, and break through a glass or whatever and nobody would really see them. A lot of times plants start out small and all of a sudden they become overgrown and then they're blocking the view from where, you know, so, so that somebody can actually get into your home. Same thing goes with your front door. A lot of people put up these shrubs where their porch is, especially if they have like a, a porch where the door is at a, at, is at a um, perpendicular to the road, not flush, like staring straight at the road. But those shrubs get really high, those trees get really high, or trees grow up in front of it, and all of a sudden you can't see your front door. And your front door is the most important spot because that is where most home invaders actually come through. It's not through a broken window or anything like that. Typically they're coming straight through the front door. So make sure that you don't have landscaping that's blocking all of that. On the other side of it, you can use certain landscaping to be able to keep people away from those entrances. So on the side of the windows, you might look at different types of bushes that are are spiky or spiny. Um, things like, um, oh, what's the thing for uh, for Christmas? What is that? I forgot what that's called. But anyway, there's, a, there's some spiky plants out there. Uh, I live in Texas, so we have cactus. So there's cacti that you can put in front of. Uh, in front of windows in those areas that people are not going to want to go. Rose bushes. That's one of the ones I was trying to think of. So you can put some rose bu rose bushes. Those things are like concertina wire. <laughs> you put those in there and people are going to get wrapped up in them and they're a real pain. So rose bushes are a really good thing to put in front of windows. That's that's pretty. It's beautiful. But it also can keep people out of areas like that as well. Okay. Okay. So uh, going to your front door again, you want to make sure that your front door is solid. You don't want any like hollow doors on your exterior, any doors that could easily be broken into or broken through. You want to make sure that they are solid wood doors or solid, you know, or metal doors that are going to be harder to get through there. Okay. And you want to make sure that there are no window panes near the handle where somebody can just kind of reach, you know, just kind of take their break through the one little window pane, reach around, unlock the door and get through at that time. Okay. The other thing you want to do is you want to make sure that all your doors and windows are locked at all times, at all times, even when you're home. Now I'm guilty of this as well. Sometimes my son leaves the garage door open, but you want to make sure that you are locking everything, your windows and your doors, just to make sure, because look, Somebody comes up to your front door and it's just open. All they have to do is just go in the front door and all of a sudden you have somebody in your living room and you're trying to figure out why. So make sure that you lock everything at all times. If you do have a sliding glass door, you want to make sure that you take, you, you get like either a wooden dowel or a piece of PVC pipe that when it's closed, you can drop that down into the bottom of the, of the door so that, uh, like in between, in the, in the door track so that even when it's unlocked, it can't get pushed open. So somebody might be able to unlock the latch or something like that. But if you have that bar in there, that, that dowel or the PVC pipe, that'll keep it from sliding open as well. The other thing that you can do with the sliding glass door is to cover it with 8mm security film. So this is a clear film that goes on, uh, goes on any glass. You can see right through it. A lot of places might have it if you are in like a hurricane area, a lot of... Uh, z building zoning coordinators or you know, your zoning laws might require you to have it in certain cases because it'll stop the glass from shattering. 
And that's what you want it to do for security purposes. So you're going to need about 8 millimeter security film. Again, you can get this right on Amazon. Okay, really easy to find. And you can cover your sliding glass door and you can do your windows with it as well. Okay. Now, we did talk about an alarm system before, so you definitely want to make sure that you have that alarm system, but you want to make sure that it has a panic button on it so that you don't have, you know, if you if you have it off, if you're in the perimeter or if you were taken hostage in a home invasion, you can quickly get away, hit the panic button rather than trying to call 911 or anything like that, especially if your phone lines have been taken out or your phone's been taken away from you or something like that. You can hit that panic button and be able to just uh, just go with it and just be able to contact uh, contact the alarm company. All right. Now, the easiest way to enter your home is to actually you letting them in. So this is really easy for people to do. In fact, we even have a little quiz on the front of our of our home defense tactics dot com uh, website for home invasion defense. Uh, there's a little quiz there about what what do you think uh, would be the easiest way for somebody to get in. And usually it means somebody talking their way into your home or at least talking their way for you to open up the door. So having a way that you don't even have to open up the door, even without like a secondary like security chain or anything like that. Um, what I really like is the new ring doorbell. This is a, a camera basically. So it's a doorbell when, and it alerts you when somebody is at your front door and you can visually see them even when you're not home. So one of the things I know, like if I travel, my spouse is here and, you know, if somebody were to come to the door and I'm not there, well, they're dealing with a woman. And if, if somebody were to say, well, is your husband home? Can I speak to your husband? Um, you know, I don't want her to say, no, he's not here, right? So with the Ring doorbell, I could actually have that Ring doorbell. Uh, this is a shameless plug for the company. I don't, I don't have any affiliation with them at all. I just think it's a really cool uh, tool now. And it alerts you on your phone in whatever state you're in or whatever, and you can talk to the person like you're at home. So that's that's really good if you're trying to protect somebody while you're traveling as well. Okay, so those are just some tips for the exterior of your home. All right, now let's talk about number three, which isn't really a zone in your house more than it is kind of like a, um, it's more like a strategy, and that's your escape route. Now, what you want to do is you want to go around your house because you never know when when you're going to be attacked or where you're going to be when somebody invades your home. So you want to make sure that you have at least thought out what your escape route is for each area of your home. So your homework here is to kind of go into each area of your house, your living room, your dining room, your kitchen, all these different places, your bedrooms, upstairs, wherever it is, and how would you get out if you were attacked and you were caught in that location? This happens even for the apartment dwellers as well. There's a uh, there's a popular video that's out there about somebody that lives in an apartment and their neighbor came came through the door with a machete. So again, stress the uh, you don't want an exterior door of your apartment or your house to be a hollow door that somebody can get through with a machete, obviously, right? But you want to go ahead and look at how would I get out if I were here? A lot of apartment buildings, you know, you might be on a on a top floor. There might be a there might be an escape route for a uh, like an emergency escape or something like that. But most of the time when I look at apartment buildings and things like that, there is no escape from there. You're counting on if it's a fire, police department's going to come. I'm mean, sorry, fire department's going to come and put up a ladder and save you and things like that. Well, you can't count on the police coming or the fire department coming or anybody. You have to have an escape route for every place that you have in your home. That being said, when you're in there, don't just say, well, I would go through the window and I would crawl outside this way, or I would go out the window, I, even though I'm on the second floor, I would jump out on that tree or something. 
you actually have to, I won't say, you know, it'd be great if you could test it all, but one simple test you can do is, do your windows even work? Do your windows even work? And, what, and anybody that's lived in an older house, like I have, knows exactly what I mean. They get painted shut. They haven't been open in forever. They get, they get lodged there. They come off the track. And you just ignore it, right? Like, I never open up this window anyway. Well, if you're trying to, if you're trapped in, the, in your home or you're trapped in that room and you need to escape, whether it's a fire or home invasion or whatever it is, and you can't get it open, well, you don't want to be trying to bust through that thing. One, if it is a situation where you have a home invader on the other side of the door, you don't really want them to hear you breaking through a window because they could come outside and try and get you as you're getting out the window, right? So you want to be able to open that window. And if you have children, if you have small children or your spouse, who if, it's, if your spouse is, is you know, not as big as you or not as strong as you, can they open up the window? This happens a lot of times. You may have a child in, in their bedroom and... I use the fire analogy every, you know, that that's a really good analogy. If there were a fire there and they were trapped in their room, would they be able to open the window by themselves to be able to get out of the room and save their life? On the other side of that window, is there a storm window there? Which those things, I mean, those things are always hard to open up, right? So is there a storm window? Is there another window there that they would have to get through the screen or the storm window or something like that? Those things those things are really hard to break through because they're like really hard, solid plastic. They're meant for storms. So would they be able to break through that? Probably not. So can they all be opened up? Now, another thing is if you are on a, a higher elevation, like you have a second floor, or you're in an apartment building or something like that, do you have a ladder that will allow you to get outside of your home or apartment building if you didn't have any anything else outside of that? If you're on a second floor... Do you have like a rope ladder or any sort of emergency ladder that will allow you to get out and, and climb your way down? So I have um, in, in our house, we have we're on si- kind of the side of a, a hilltop. We're about um, in some cases like four star four stories tall because it, there's a sheer drop off on the other side of it. Well, when that happens, the person that's trapped up in an upstairs bedroom is going to have to go out one of those windows if, if they are trapped. So they do make extended ladders that are very, very long. Um, and so just make sure that you have a ladder that somebody can get out if you are in a hell- higher elevation like that. Okay. All right. Uh, zone number four. Let's go ahead and get into the standoff area of your home, the interior of your home. So the one thing um, I always tell everybody is to you really have to know your home in you, you have to really look at it with different eyes now. Where are your cover locations? In other words, where are the places that you can get behind that will um, that will stop a bullet? That's cover, right? That's not just concealment. That's cover. That's actually going to stop a bullet if there is if there's bullets being traded between you and the bad guy, right? So some things. And trust me, the couch is not is not cover. That's concealment. Now concealment can still work in your advantage, right? Somebody breaks through, they don't know you're there, or and, you know, it might be dark in there. Um, you can get behind the couch. They don't know you're there, and you can you can surprise them as they come through. That's not going to give you cover if they saw you and they shoot through a couch, but it could give you uh, enough concealment to be able to surprise them. But cover is always going to be best. Now, can you place items strategically there for cover? In other words, can you put a um, a bookcase? This is something tip I got from um, from my friend Masad Ayub about putting a bookcase there filled with books because those books will stop bullets. 
You can strategically put those on the corner of like a hallway, like in the living room on the corner of the hallways. That allows you to get behind the corner in your hallway and have all that protection there from a large bookshelf where you can shoot from behind it. But even if they try and shoot through the wall, it'll hit the books and that gives you really good cover there. So that's just one example of how you can strategically place cover to be able to give you lots of fighting positions if you are in your home and you are able to fight back. Now, given that, let's talk about fighting back. I believe in, look, I'm a concealed carry. um, I I, I carry concealed every single day. I'm carrying right now. I carry from the time I get out of bed in the morning until I go to bed at night. Um, Even if you are not a concealed carry license holder, you can still carry in your home. So even if you're not in a state that recognizes it or a city or whatever it is, or, or you just don't have your license, don't want to get your license or whatever it is, having a, a gun in a safe up in your bedroom closet is not going to really help you a whole hell of a lot when somebody's charging through your front door. You want to be able to make sure that you can get to your handgun as quickly as possible. And the best place for that to be is right there on your person. Again, even if you are not, even if you don't have a concealed carry license, you can carry inside your home, okay? So do it. The other thing that I recommend people doing is to have backup weapons staged. So there are different things that you can put around the house that either you or someone else can use as a weapon, just as a, as a weapon of opportunity. Some, some examples of that might be a machete, hint, hint, our guardian machete. Um, a collapsible baton is really helpful. A youth baseball bat is really helpful because it's smaller. Um, a youth baseball bat is better because it is smaller, and you're talking about areas inside your home. You're talking about close quarters combat, essentially. Having that, that youth baseball bat means that people, other like your children or your spouse or, or you, can use it. It's not as heavy, but it will do a lot of damage as well. So just, make, you know, just, just get one of those. I also recommend having pepper spray around as well. Just having it in a drawer somewhere allows you to get to it really quickly in case you are able to use um, spray. Whatever works, works, okay? The other little trick I'll give you for the interior, and this is really for more of a nighttime home invasion sort of a thing, is to put blue glow plasma night lights throughout the house. Now, these are little flat LED. Uh, are they LED? I don't know if they're LED. They're, they're plasma, basically. They have a soft glow to them where they're not super bright, but they do create this, this soft presence of light in your home that doesn't give you know, you can put those all around your home they don't cost they don't cost a lot to have them they don't take up any electricity so it's not going to cost a lot to run them but at nighttime they'll just be there glowing now it helps to light the way for you if you get up in the middle of the night or your kids get up in the middle of the night or whoever gets up to go pee or grab a glass of milk or whatever you're not tripping over the legos that are all over the floor or something like that but the other thing that it does is it allows you to see out there what is in your in your living room, if you if you will. Like if you hear a noise at night, it's not like you're just going to call 911. Usually your spouse is going to say, "Hey, I thought I heard a noise," and you can go ahead and you know call out. But you might just want to look out your your door first, right? You want to look out your door and look out there and and, and see if there's something out there. And if there's a blue blue glow out there, it keeps you from having to use a flashlight to be able to go out and see if someone's there where they might see the flashlight shining out there. Okay. So it kind of, it keeps your, um, keeps your night vision as well, but it also keeps your, uh, your element of surprise if you need to be able to fight back. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the fifth zone, 
which really does get down to your epicenter, which is your safe room. Now, I'm not talking about you needing a steel panic room like uh, like they have in the movies there, but it is your strategic location for your line of defense. In other words, your your best action, if somebody is trying to get into the home, if they're trying to bust through the front door, it's not necessarily to stay right there and wait for them to come through the front door. Because you don't know if somebody's coming in the back door as well, or somebody is already in one of the downstairs bedrooms. You just know somebody is trying to get into your home. So what you want to do is is get your entire family into your safe room, your designated safe room that you have identified in your house that will allow you to make that final stand. In other words, if they get to that room, it's because they don't care about your television. They care about harming you. And that is the mindset of a home invader. They're not necessarily after your television. They want to terrorize your family, you and your family, potentially murder, um, injure you, rape, Torture has been part of these things. I mean, look, it's not pretty, and I'm sorry like for the shock value in that, but it's a very it's a very intense, very violent threat that home invaders have on us. So you want to make sure that you have that last final stand to be able to, if they get to that point, that's where your defense zone is. Hopefully you can escape out of there, okay? But if you can't, this is where you put your last line of defense. Now I'm going to give you a few tips here for your safe room, but I have a special gift for you as well. And that is we have a program. I put this together with um, Masad Ayub, who is a very well-known firearms instructor and author out there and things like that. And we put together um, the Ultimate Safe Room uh, Plan. And you can get a free copy of that by going to www.mcsmagazine.com slash safe room, all one word, S-A-F-E-R-O-O-M, all one word, mcsmagazine.com slash safe room, and you can have that entire report all for free. So I'm not going to go into all the different things there, but you will that will show you how to choose the right safe room, the best room in your house, um, ways that you can fortify it, as well as what items to put inside of it so that you have all of your defense gear already waiting for you. You don't have to try and get everything together. But you do want to make sure, again, that even though this is an interior room, you don't want an interior door. You don't want a hollow wood door on that that um, and, and the interior. The other thing is you want to take out those those little short screws that they often give you for hinges, and you want to replace it with screws that are an inch and a half, two inches, or 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 better, driving that into the frame so that that door can't just be kicked in off the hinges there. Okay. The other thing you want to do is when you're inside of the room, you want to make sure that the door opens away, away from your hiding location. In other words, when they open the door and it, and it comes in, that they can't see you, even if it were just, if it were cracked a little bit. In other words, you want to almost be like behind the door, but not behind the door, right? Like you want to be the last thing they see as they're opening the door when it goes fully open. That's the area where you want to try and set up your defense so that you can see them coming in. You know they're coming in. They're in your sights, but they don't know where you are. They first have to find you before they actually have a chance to shoot you at all. Okay? And again, the other thing is you really do need to have a means to escape from there. You don't want to choose a room where there's no outside window to be able to get out of because one of the things for a home invader is if they feel like they're, they are, are losing this battle or they're not going to be able to get you out or whatever it is, What's the worst weapon that they can unleash on you? It's not necessarily shooting through the door or anything like that. Fire is the easiest weapon that they have. And so if they set your home on fire and you have no escape from your safe room, well, 
that's not going to be a really, that's not going to be a good situation for you, right? So you want to make sure that your safe room does have a way out. Now, again, the bonus report that we have is going to give you a lot more information about how to build out the ultimate safe room. It is free. All you needed to go to do is to go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash safe room and go ahead and pick that up for free. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about weapons, specifically home defense weapons, the best weapons for home defense. We're going to start off with the handgun. So you want to make sure that you stay tuned for that. But I also want to hear about your tips for these different zones that we talked about. What are some other preparation tips that you have for fortifying your home inside and outside and even for a safe room? Go ahead and leave those in the comments of the of the blog area where you are listening to this right now. Hopefully, if you're on iTunes, make sure you go over to moderncombatandsurvival.com and check out the uh, the blog post that we have for this podcast and leave your comments there. And until next week's episode, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.